0: Hello and welcome to Assured by Grace. I'm your host, Danny Woodward, and again, I'm joined by my co-host, Senior Pastor Phil Congdon. And Phil, I'm excited about today's talk. Uh, last week, for those of you guys who may just kind of be jumping in, we did a, a conversation and, and we looked at evangelist Ray Comfort, who has a, a, a ministry where he he tries to reach people with the gospel message of Jesus. But on the back end of that message, he muddies the waters by adding works into his gospel. Mm. And, and unfortunately, you know, you did a great job of, of taking us through how that can lead to doubts of a person's assurance down the road when sin mm. inevitably comes yeah. into their life. Today, we're gonna to take a step further and, and maybe we're gonna look at
1: some, some other ways that uh, works muddy yeah. grace. Well, you know it's really interesting. Um, you know the the issue of works is one we never get over. It seems like Satan always wants to bring that up. Uh, you can be a Christian for twenty years and or more, and then at some point something happens. Maybe maybe it's something external in your life, or maybe it's your own walk. Maybe somebody did something that you didn't like at church and you decided you weren't going anymore. And so you stopped, and you didn't realize it, but you were drifting away from the Lord. And then one day you wake up and you think, well, maybe I'm not a Christian, even though I believe in Jesus, and I believe he died for my sins. But boy, my life, you know, it's not measuring up. Now, that is a crisis. I agree that that's not a good thing. But Satan is the accuser of the brothers and the brethren. What he wants us to do is to doubt that God really loves us, that we're really his children. Once we start playing this game, and unfortunately, Ray Comfort made some really egregious statements that that like, if you have a problem with cussing, you're not saved. Well, wait a minute there. Chapter and verse, please. That's not the gospel. The gospel is the sufficient sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. So, you know, we, we saw that even for Christians, this mm-hmm. can be a real battle. But this today what I we're we're going to talk about something that is so wonderful talk about something exciting it's from somebody who was in a system where everything really is about your works and you're going to be really good and you're going to really impress God mm-hmm. and then you discover that all of that work and all of that fear and all of that doubt that you're doing enough, it is all dissolved by Jesus. It's really, it's really a great a great story. Um, and to give you a, a little background, we're, we're going to show our hand at the front here. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, really a story of Mormons who have come to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, there are many of them. Uh, and if there are any Mormons that are listening, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, we want you to know that we love you. We, we appreciate the fact that your hearts are really sincere. And if sincerity and good works were enough to get you uh, to heaven, into a right relationship with God, I'm sure you would be at the front of the line. But that's not. The Biblical Gospel. And these books are are really wonderful. The first one I'll just mention here is called Unveiling Grace. It's by Lynn Wilder. She was a tenured professor at Brigham Young University. She was a a card-carrying, devout Mormon. And this is an amazing story of how grace was unveiled in her life. Now, a big part of her story is her son, Micah Wilder. One of their four children, um, Micah came to faith in Jesus Christ while he was actually on his Mormon mission, the two-year mission. And his story is written in this book, Passport to Heaven. And It is just an amazing story. Uh, uh, Just reading both of these books, they're page turners. Uh, I would strongly encourage you uh, to get both of these books and to read them. They're filled with truth, but they're filled with joy and discovery and and freedom as well. At the end of our podcast, try to remind me, I want to give them the... uh, Where you can go online and you can actually um, hear more from from them. Sure. But I want to. I thought we could start today and just talk about this background. Uh, The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints is. It's an American church born in America in the 19th century, and uh, it's. This is the main a place where a Mormonism has flourished. And I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and one of my best friends was a Mormon. And I didn't even know what that meant. Mm-hmm. Have you had friends that were Mormons too? Oh, no, absolutely. Still have yeah. friends that are Mormons. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, this is some, probably a lot of our listeners are saying, oh yeah, I, I've known Mormons. And I remember thinking that, well, that's just some other Denomination or something like that. And I I remember I used to think well there there must be like the Catholics because I always heard people talking about the Catholics and the Mormons or something. But um, well,
0: theologically yeah. they're really different. But I can tell oh, you, yeah, all of my friends and the people I've known in life that are Mormon are 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 so moral. Yeah, the the, the Mormon people are very moral people. They have a a good compass on on morality and I've, mm-hmm. I've just always noticed that about about them.
1: Yeah, and that so so what we're saying today is we're not trying to uh, have any kind of an ad hominem uh, attack here mm-hmm. uh, on on people, but we do want to talk about grace because the name of this podcast is assured by grace. Right. Now I'm going to start let me just give a, a little anecdote uh, growing up in Oregon. Uh, I still remember uh, a Mormon um, who I had sat down with, and this was after I'd come to know, you know, what Mormonism actually taught and what they believed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I remember he, he handed me the Book of Mormon, and this may happen to you. You know, Mormon missionaries may come to your door, and especially if you're a Christian. This is uh, one approach that they will use. They will turn to the book of Moroni, chapter 10, verse 4. And they will ask you to read this verse. And this is what it Phil says. Is Moroni huh?
0: between Corinthians and, and <laughs> Romans.
1: Yeah, that. yeah. This is in the book of Mormon. Uh, okay. So it's not in the Bible. Uh, Mormons have a different Authoritative writings: uh, the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, and the doctrines and the covenants. Uh, the last of those is is a living document; it it can be added to, but the first two are are sort of scriptures for Mormons, and they will they will tell you that they accept the Bible, mm-hmm. but uh, the Bible is the fourth. In the rung of importance, so the Bible is only believed insofar as it is correctly translated. Of course, the that what that sh- reveals is is that any time their other church teachings disagree with the Bible, the Bible is the one that's incorrect. Gotcha. But anyway. No, it isn't between Romans and Corinthians. It's in the Book of Mormon. But, you you know, if you you have a Book of Mormon, you'll notice that um, it is uh, written in King James English. Um, And this is what Moroni 10.4 says. And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you that ye would ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, If these things are not true, and if ye shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, that sounds like a really nice statement on the surface. It is, except that there's one fatal flaw, and that is that this is entirely relativistic. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, you could pray this same prayer about any teaching, whether it's Christian science, uh, Scientology, uh, the Watchtower Society, um, anything. Uh, Throw in Buddhism and Hinduism. You want to pray? You can pray this prayer. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will show me whether this is true or not. And if I pray sincerely, you'll show that it is. The problem there is that there is no objective foundation for truth. Now it becomes a burning in my heart or it really feels like it's true to me. And I remember once talking with a a, a girl, a Mormon who went to Bowling Green University, and she didn't have any foundation for the objective truth of Mormonism, but her statement was, I am just convinced in my heart that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God. Mm. Okay, well, once you're convinced of that, that settles it. But what I said to the guy, and this is, this is the thing. I just said to him, uh, let me ask you something. If, if I, there was somebody I really hate, and I decide I want to kill them, would you suggest that I pray and ask God whether I should kill that person? Well, he said, well, no, of course not, because that's wrong. And I said, you're, you're exactly right. And that's why I don't need to pray and ask whether Mormonism is true or not. Because I already know what the Bible says. It does say, thou shalt not kill. But it also says, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So, if there is a religion that says, there are many gods, and that any man can become a god, then I know immediately that isn't a biblical gospel. That's not truth. Yeah. That's error. So that that's where we're going to start here is I just want to kind of lay out our own experience. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, Phil,
0: thinking about what you've just read there and, and just knowing where our culture is at as a society with, yeah. with the, the postmodern views that yeah. saturate our universities and, Postmodernism is kind of that everything is objective subjective truth there's no objective uh absolute truth out there that this could be very appealing for a lot of people that that are kind of confronted with that worldview and to some extent absorb it and then you have somebody come knocking and and you you have an emotional response what do you,
1: how do you, how well, do you counter that? Yeah. You know, first of all, I've mean, just to, to um, kind of hitchhike on what you just said. I, w- I want to say that one of the reasons why it is so compelling is that um, it is our works. Mm. And it gives you that feeling like, all right, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm making it. And in fact, the Book of Mormon, another, or just one more quote, Second Nephi. 25, 23. We know that it is by grace that we are saved. Now, if you just stopped there, you'd say, well, that's great. That's the biblical gospel. Then the last words, after all we can do. Whoops. Okay. So, we are saved by grace, but that's after all we can do. Now, if we don't do everything that we can do, then that grace is insufficient. We're not going to get into Mormon doctrine about uh, all of the different levels of heaven and where where you can end up, you know, and how you can become a god and, and maybe almost and not quite. But this statement, think about this. Last week when we listened to Ray Comfort, And Ray Comfort would present the gospel that Jesus died for your sins. You are saved by grace. And then would say, have you turned from all your sins? Are you living a a godly life? Yeah. And you say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Do these two things go together? If so, then what's the difference between the Mormon gospel and Ray Comfort's gospel? I know Ray Comfort is a believer in Jesus. I know he understands who Jesus is. But that's, that's the issue here. It's, confu- it's yeah. confusing. Yeah, yeah, it's confusing. Now, what I want to do is I want to tell you very briefly, uh, I'm not going to, this isn't something that you're going to have to turn off so that you won't get spoil, the story spoiled. <laughs> but I'm going to read just a couple of things that Michael Wilder wrote in his book. Uh, and I just want us to focus on this because the the issue of grace is so wonderful. And I think we forget that sometimes. Uh, I've been a Christian for like 60 years. And so, you know, it, it could be easy for somebody who's been a Christian for a number of years to just uh, take it for granted. I think, and, and not think that it's that special anymore. And then at some point, I think to slip back into, oh, well, I need to do some good work. And and sometimes you slip back into doing that and you're not even,
0: you're not doubting your eternal security, your your assurance. You're just slipping into, oh man, I'm really messing up. I better go and do this and do that and do that. And all of a sudden you find that you're doing all these things just to, uh, Just to do them. And you're not, it's your motivation, yeah. right? What does mm-hmm. God say? It's your motive, your
1: heart is yeah. what he's looking for. He's going to be looking at our motives. I I, I think that, uh, I don't know, again, I'm not going to get this quote exactly right, but is the, the idea that uh, our living a godly life is a thank you life to God. It isn't a have to life. A have to life is... Okay, I've got to do this so that I I feel good about myself. And okay, I'm sure I'm saved now because I went to church last week. And and that kind it's of a thing. Constant, um, constant yeah. state of panic. And so in the story of Mike Wilder, here's a young man who's raised in the Mormon church, who is a, a very, he's a devout Mormon. He follows Mormon teaching. And guys, I've never been a Mormon. So I can't even... Uh, articulate really well what he um, what he was doing, but there there were things he was doing, like going to the ward and, and doing things or going to the temple and being in, involved in activities and then, like most Mormon young men, he went off on a two year mission. And I'll tell you, it's a It's an amazing thing. If you go on a two-year mission for anything, you're not going to want to ever have to admit, well, uh, that really wasn't true. I just threw away those two years. (laughs) So it becomes a very compelling motivation to stay in the faith. Well, something different happened with Micah, and you can read about it in the book. But eventually, Micah, as he engaged in reading the New Testament over and over, he came to an understanding uh, that Jesus Christ had died for his sins, that this was God's gift of grace. And I just, I want you to, I want to read to you uh, again, just, uh, the way that he put, put this, it, it's just uh, really remarkable uh, how clear he is. Because he understood grace. He had done everything you could do in works. And he trusted in Christ. He recognized that Jesus was enough. That Jesus had paid the price for all of his sin. And this is what he writes. This sudden comprehension of God's incalculable love washed away my fear with a flood of confidence. I didn't need to fear his wrath. To his praise, the enormous sin debt I had accrued didn't have to be mine anymore if I trusted in Christ's finished work on my behalf. I could now have the guarantee of my right standing with God. I could be called his child by adoption. And because of this love, I could have an eternal rest in him that neither my religion nor the world could offer. The remedy to my perpetual dissatisfaction was so simple. Jesus. Isn't that an incredible uh, summary of w- what happens? You know, my, my conversion experience was not like this. I didn't come from that background. He came from a background of dotting every I, crossing every T, jumping through the hoops, being obedient, pursuing God uh, by every means he knew. And then he realized, oh, man, I'm a rotten sinner. And Jesus paid the price.
0: You know what I love about this, Phil, is, is I read, read through it, um, read along with you there. When he talks about how just the, the antidote for that works view on, yeah. on, on salvation was Christ and trust and faith in Christ. And then he says that the, the result was rest, that he was he rested in, in yeah. Christ. I just, you know, a lot of times I feel like we read the Bible and when Jesus talks about resting in him, we don't yeah. really see it. But man, this is such a beautiful picture of what that really looks like.
1: And, and that's what really this podcast is about, even though we call this podcast Assured by Grace. But what we're demonstrating here is rest, really. Um, you know, when Jesus said, come to me all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we do. Most of our lives, we're struggling. We're trying to figure out, how can I be good enough to be good enough for God? And sometimes w- w- many people believe in Jesus But Jesus isn't enough. So what they're doing is they're adding on to Jesus as if they can somehow, uh, like the Mormon uh, scripture that we read from uh, Nephi, what it said was, you know, you're saved by grace after all you can do. So are you doing all you can do? And, you know, if not, it's too bad. But what does that mean? Well, that means that ultimately it's your works that are going to determine this. And, and, you know, there are a lot of Christians, Uh, I think, that uh, they believe in Jesus. Maybe they've gotten a load of bad teaching. We've talked about some of that on this podcast before. But I think that they fall back into that that trap again of, of instead of looking to Christ and saying, thank you, Jesus, that you paid the full price for my sin, they start looking at themselves. I mean, I do that. I, I know it's easy to do. Yeah. I think we all do. We do.
0: But that's what this is for, right? To remind us to yeah. to keep our eyes fixed on
1: Christ. Let, let me read one more quote from, from this. It's just a little phrase um, that Micah wrote after this. He's reflecting on, all of the things that he did. And he says, I recognize that for many years, I had been foolishly reaching up and pushing past Jesus. Wow. Just, just think of that. He believed in Jesus. You know, the Mormons, they teach about Jesus, even though what they say about Jesus is not in agreement with what the Bible says. They still have the, the name of Jesus. And they have a God And so what he was doing is he was reaching up to Father God and pushing past Jesus. Like, yeah, 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 Jesus, Jesus, got that. But look at my works. Look at what I am doing. I am measuring up. And he suddenly realized he was pushing Jesus aside. And that's why he didn't have assurance. That's why he didn't have peace. That's why he didn't rest. Boy, this is—you're um, gonna—you'd love to to read these books. I think they're they are just outstanding, and uh, the stories are riveting because they're true.
0: And I would mm-hmm. add that the uh, the music that the Wilder kids yeah. can generate is pretty awesome
1: too. Yeah. That now uh, you know this is. You know, turn into like a fan club here, probably, <laughs> but, but uh, Mike Wilder and and some others uh, of these uh, young people who have trusted Christ and uh, and have been just growing in their faith—they have a phenomenal ministry called Adam's Road. Uh, let me just tell you that we're we're going to put this on the the screen so that you can see. But Adam's Road has a website, and then. Uh, Lynn Wilder, this is Micah's mother, she and her husband, uh, Michael, they have a ministry too. It's called Ex-Mormons United, uh, Ex-Mormon Christians United uh, for Jesus. And uh, so you can go online and you can look these up. But um, maybe at the end here, we ought to pull back and just, uh, uh, we don't want this just to be about Mormonism or uh, being uh, an ex-Mormon Christian, but there's there is more here. We're, we really want to talk to any who are listening who believe in Jesus, and uh, the, the battle that we will often face is that we will doubt our salvation, and um, that that critical that that helmet in our in our uh, Christian defensive warfare is so important because our minds, if we don't have the confidence that Jesus paid it all, that He is the full sacrifice, then what can happen is that our minds, without that helmet of salvation. That Our minds can begin to get attacked by doubts, by false uh, teachings that are going to inject into the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, our works. And at the end of the day, I think a lot of times it just comes down to pride, where sometimes all that Satan needs to do is, to get us to look around and say, well, I'm better than he is, or I'm better than she is, so so I'll make it. Uh, I'll be okay. Hmm. And, and once that happens, you start losing your joy. You're going to lose your assurance at some point. And it, at some point, Satan may actually even successfully get you to abandon your walk with Jesus. And what a tragedy. Think about this. Um, uh, Maybe there's some parents that are listening right now. And uh, I talked with a parent just the other day ago who has uh, a child who is no longer communicating with him. It's his child, but the child doesn't want to talk with him anymore in the spiritual realm that happens too there's some people who have become children of god and then satan has so gotten a hold of their lives that they don't want to talk with him anymore and like the prodigal son they've wandered away and they're still their father's son but they're not there and you know maybe maybe you know somebody like that or or maybe that's you i don't know But I want you to know that God, your Heavenly Father, loves you. And he doesn't love you because you're good enough or because you behave or after all you can do. No, he loves you because you're his creation. And though you were a sinner, he sent his son, Jesus, to die for your sin. That act of love and sacrifice on the part of Jesus, the only way that our sin uh, problem could ever be taken care of that was offered freely that's assurance by grace and that's that's really why we're here you know it's not that you or i are better i mean i know i'm not i think you're better yeah. but uh you know it, it isn't you know we we keep falling back on that i think we want to look back and say well look what i'm doing
0: yeah. uh yeah some people might watch this and say well Phil and Danny are obsessed with, with going back to you know it's it's o it's it's okay we have grace and and sin happens but I think the reality is that we're not focused on our sin we're focused we're trying to get the focus on Jesus and yeah that's and true. and we know that we're sinners and yeah. and we don't that status doesn't change when we become believers yeah but we we press forward and we press on and, and we look towards Christ. And, and it's, this is this time that we have to, to do these, these uh, conversations is uh, man. I love it because it, it, you know, really for me too, it refocuses me
1: yeah during me the week too.
0: on, on Christ. And, and that's what we want to encourage all of y'all. Uh, yeah. To do
1: yeah. If, if any of you have questions or comments, uh feel free to, uh, I think that, you know how you can do that. I don't know how you can do that. How do they do that? Well, they, they can. They can get a hold of us on uh, New Braunfels New Bible, Bible Church, uh, uh, the in, website, I yeah, guess. Yeah, dot org yeah. nbbc at Bible dot org. I think that's that's where you could. Yeah. But other than that, uh, if, if you want to uh, just
0: yeah. leave a comment on yeah. the uh, the platform that you're seeing this, we're out there. I think we've got seven yeah. or eight different platforms we're on, so yeah. we'd love to hear from you.
1: And yeah, so many uh, I think so many Christians today they see what's going on in the world and and they're starting to think wait a minute, everything's falling apart and they haven't cultivated a strong foundation in God's grace. That's where we are pointing you. We're pointing you to God's grace, not because that means you can do anything you want to and it won't matter. Because Scripture makes it very clear that isn't true. But we become children of God by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Our walk with God, our daily joy following Him, that is going to be a battle. But once we are resting assured in His grace, then that becomes something we can pursue. So, man... Go for it. That's what we're all about. We'd love to hear from you. Amen. All right. Thanks, Bill.